0: Hey friends! Happy Wednesday, and I hope you enjoyed Monday's episode with Dane. I often say I'm going to quickly talk about something, and it very rarely is a quick, <laughs> a quick couple of words. So I hope you enjoyed a genuinely short and sweet episode. Uh, today is longer, but is full of so much great content. Today I was joined by Kimberly, and uh, we had such an amazing conversation she really shared some amazing stuff with us so I really hope that you enjoy it and it's funny because unintentionally it's a bit of a mind body week and it's not the whole of what I'm talking about with Kimberly today but it's definitely something that comes up and that was what we were focusing on on Monday as well so enjoy that little snippet and I will be back for a little bit (laughs) at the end. Hi everyone, and I'm really happy to welcome this week's guest, Kimberly, to the podcast of Kimberly. Welcome, and if you could tell us a little bit about yourself, that would be fab. (laughs) Hannah, the way
1: you say my name with your English (laughs) accent, it brings me so much joy. like It really does. All my UK clients, when they say my name, I'm like, it sounds extra special with a British accent. Um, I am a high-performance coach. I focus on working with visionary leaders who are building their empire. They want to stand out boldly. They want to show up fearlessly. They want to really claim their power over their life. And, and that's, uh, that's what I help them do is, is really own who they are, show up authentically and, and align with that purpose that I believe we all are, are blessed with in some way. Just sometimes that purpose may feel a little cloudy at times.
0: Mm. Yeah. Awesome. Or I'm so, very
1: cloudy or dark and stormy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, and I'm so glad we're having this conversation because in my, one of the nice things about a podcast is you can be a bit selfish and talk about your own, <laughs> a little bit about your own stuff and kind of, maybe that's where I'm feeling a little bit in, in my purpose and what I'm doing. So yay. <laughs> I can pick your brains whilst. Awesome. Practicing. Yeah. Hopefully uh, having a conversation that is beneficial to other people as well. So, I won't dive in straight with uh, my own stuff. I'd love to know how you got to where you are now. How you got into uh, to coaching leaders in the way that you do now.
1: Now it's it, it. I mean, looking back, it's like my my past. It's it makes total sense. But like while I was in it, it, it I had no idea that like if you had told me when I was seventeen years old that I was going to be a coach of leaders, like I didn't even know what that was. All I thought back then was I wanted to be a famous actress, and I wanted to um, write screenplays, and I wanted to produce my own work, and I wanted to be able to to travel. and And in, in growing up in Los Angeles, that was the only profession that I saw that actually had the income and the impact that I wanted to make. And so I went all in on that. And it was one of the greatest blessings because it allowed me to really open up and understand emotions in a whole different way. Um, I'd grown up in an addict's home. So very, um, I saw two different ways of dealing with emotions. One is escaping them through alcohol and pills. And the other one was um, burying your head in the sands. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like like they don't exist and pretending like they don't exist and I think um we're blessed with the children that we need uh to show us the things that we've forgotten and that's what I was to my parents was I was this very emotional child and I uh I was taught and kind of conditioned and programmed that those feel those big feelings those big emotions were were inappropriate to feel and I never like in my soul and my heart I didn't I didn't resonate. but at the same time, um, you know, being five years old or six years old or seven years old, you don't really know the difference. And so what happened was I thought that how I was feeling, when I would see hypocrisy, when I would see things that would make me angry, like my dad's behavior or, or things that would make me feel ashamed, like I thought that these feelings were wrong, and so I started to suppress and repress them with my own form of uh, escapism, which ended up being ten years of bulimia. And it was through acting that actually I got to reconnect with my emotions again, that I got to feel again, and, and understand what it was like to actually live in my body instead of being the perf- the character that I thought everybody wanted me to be, which was the the vision of perfection. And so through acting, I had the, I I worked it like a business and I had the opportunity to eventually to write my own screenplay and to, um, and so I got that opportunity and I ended up co-writing a Lionsgate feature film that starred Danny Trejo and it got picked up and it got distributed and it was a great experience. And it taught me that that only 90% fulfilled me and i was surprised cuz i was like there was my dream there was my name on the big screen we were at the premiere red carpets and i was like signing autographs for the first time i was like this is awesome but why don't i feel 100% fulfilled and it was it was because i wasn't really doing the thing that that fed my soul which ended up being what i found out 2 weeks after the premiere was I found out that the movie had changed a young boy's life. He would followed the same path. So there I was. And I got this this call that um, from a friend of a friend. Because when you write a movie, you get extra tickets. And I gave them out like candy. And this friend of a friend, she said that um, the film had changed her son's life. And he was following the same path as the film. And the story was... You know, there's only seven stories in screenwriting, like in all movies. And when you derail from those seven stories, as I seen at some indie film festivals, you they don't work. They don't work for some reason. And why? Because the stories that we tell are human. Mm. And so there's seven real human stories. And one of them was the one that I wrote, which has been written many, many times before in different forms, which is a young kid who wants to fit in with the cool crowd, and he changes himself and his behavior to adapt. And then realizes that maybe that's not the best path. And that's not really who he authentically is. And he gets into a bit of trouble. And sometimes we have to go through a bit of pain for it to realize that. And then he comes to know who he really wants to be. Mm -hmm. And, and that, that is a story that resonates. And so from that experience, I'd been teaching Pilates, which was also part of my own transformational story because I found a form of exercise that I actually loved, 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 loved. So I was teaching Pilates, and that was a part of my own personal uh, healing journey from bulimia. It was the form of exercise that I actually found uh, allowed myself to fall back in love with my body and actually to be in my body and to be present in my body and. And so that, that was a really powerful experience to be able to have. And I taught that for 10 years and what teaching Pilates and hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of bodies taught me was, I, lo- I was training hundreds of t- different people. It didn't matter their gender, it didn't matter their, their background, it didn't matter their ethnicity, it didn't matter their health history. What mattered was how they thought about their bodies. And I saw this common parallel of like, whoa, if the mind plays pays that much influence, if our mindset about how we think about our bodies, where else does it play in, in, into our lives? And once I started studying that, I started seeing that it played into the, the relationships I was having. I was just choosing some really poor choices in, um, in boyfriends back then. And I, I saw it playing into my, my body and I saw and I was able to heal with no psychological or medical intervention from bulimia because I saw how the mindset and the identity that I was living in was really all of my own creation. And if it's all of my own creation, then I could completely uncreate it. And it was all from the conditioning that I spent growing up in versus the conditioning that I was choosing to to have in my life. And that was so empowering for me. And to be able to walk, like, I remember the moment because I was, I was a pageant girl as well. Um, and pageants were actually massive. Uh, people say like, how could you be in pageants? Was that like incredibly triggering for you with bulimia? And I was like, no, actually pageants were the place where I found like my sisterhood of people who wanted to look amazing. They wanted to Change the world. They wanted to leave an impact and look good doing it. And I was like, that's, those are my, those are my soul sisters. <laughs> so I like, I loved pageants. I found, finally found a, uh, cause I always felt like the weird one in school. Cause I was, I was so ambitious and I had all these big dreams and I always wanted more and everybody else just wanted to go hang out with boys. And I was like, I'm not into that. <laughs> like I was into boys, but like not, not like just like going out and partying and just kind of, Wasting life, it just didn't. It just didn't align with me, and I'd always had these ambitions of what I wanted to achieve. And through teaching Pilates, I saw that the power of our mindsets. And so, from that from that experience, I had the opportunity to uh, go into an e commerce business selling back rehabilitation devices, um, and launching that into the market. And that was very exciting. Um, and I thought, okay, this is, it. this is going to be the thing, this new thing called entrepreneurship is going to be it instead of like Hollywood. And so I went all in into entrepreneurship and I found that it was the that va- the mindset plays into that as well. And the mindset, especially because I was working with a business partner and an investor, like the mindset of all the people collectively and what it brings to create an entity that is necessary to be discussed and put out on the table and put out into the open because most business owners they come into a business and they have the great idea and then maybe they find somebody who also has passion for that idea and they think because both of you have passion for that idea that it it's going to work because of your passion passion will take you very very far but Unless you have consciously and congruently decided the values of what you're going to put into that company and live by them accordingly, you don't know what, what each of you are bringing to that table. Like not truly, not explicitly. And in, in business, I found so many things, just like in any relationship is left to implicit communication, implicit communication of what you want, implicit communication of what matters most. And that's what happened in, in my business. And so eventually, um, after two years of being a part of it, my e-commerce partner told me he wanted to buy me out. Um, that was the first time I ever dealt with crushing doubt. Uh, that was the first time I ever dealt l- with lawyers. Um, cause I'd never had lawyers don't always send the nicest emails. Um, uh, <laughs> and so, and so I was, I was dealing with this three months before my wedding, Uh, We signed the buyout agreement three, three weeks before I got married. And then I went off on my honeymoon and I was like, well, now what do I do? And, and it was on our honeymoon. We spent six weeks in Italy in a beautiful Airbnb that was cheaper than our rent back in Los Angeles. And we just sat on the, on, on the couch one night, one day. And we were, I probably had way too many espressos, had many, and (laughs) I jumped off the couch and I said, crown yourself. And my husband's like, what is that? And I was like. It's it's the body, it's the business, it's the relationships, it's all of it. It's how do you rule as this this entity that is the 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 queen of your life? Because the thing is, is that a queen Queen Elizabeth is not doubting like she wasn't doubting whether she would become queen. Like once once she got to the point where she was in line for the throne, that she was being groomed, she was being prepared. So often. We're not surrounding ourselves with the people who will prepare us for who we want to become, of who our highest and best selves can be. And so I saw these parallels and I saw this this metaphor that I've always lived by, that I've always wanted to be, I've always wanted to be a princess. So I figured I'd just build it into my business. And so now I help people really on their rise to ruling their life, claiming what they want and owning who they are and what they were placed on this planet to, to do and to show up as.
0: Awesome. Thank you for sharing all of that. And, and I, I really love your, um your story. And when you were talking about um acting and, um you know, playing other roles. I thought it was so interesting that you almost had to play other roles and embody them to be able to stop playing a role in yourself that to kind of, to see it and, and I guess when you're trying to embody a role and kind of figure out what are they thinking, what are they feeling, you know, all that conditioning of like, oh, no, emotions bad mm-hmm. has to come away because you have to connect to them for it to be a convincing portrayal of a character. And and I've got no acting experience <laughs> at all, but I imagine that then you're like, you start to, when you're not in the role, kind of go, oh, how am I feeling what you know and to connect mm-hmm. to it and and it, yeah and stories are you know so powerful
1: it's also really powerful for healing traumas because mm. I had a lot of childhood trauma and and the thing was was acting in certain roles it gave me permission to explore because sometimes when you experience trauma as a child you don't quite know how you feel about it because mm you kind of shut down you block it out it's not in your purview it's it's it would happen when you were super young and so I like would have no idea but exploring certain roles would allow me to put myself in situations where the character had experienced trauma or alcoholism or whatever as well and it allows you to explore like because you're bringing yourself to that Mm. you're bringing yourself to it it's like what what The feelings are but it's in a very safe container because it's in the the container of a character Mm -hmm. so it's not me personally it's in the the exploration of how do I feel about this what do I feel about this This is it's in a very safe container to explore which is why I highly highly recommend um acting to just for to help people work out some of their stuff sometimes
0: yeah just imagine like these like therapeutic improv classes or something just like seriously (laughs) Uh, maybe we can start some. Hey, there you go.
1: <laughs> but I think we need I, some after this year, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. I think we'll definitely need some after this year.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I also love that that balance of um, the kind of the body and the mind. So, you know, with the Pilates and kind of noticing that you're connecting to your body, but the mind and the body are so much linked. And I'm definitely someone who spends a lot of time in my head, uh, as I'm sure a lot, of, a lot of our listeners are. And actually it is finding that that balance because um they're, they're definitely linked you know anyone who has tried to um what's an example of you running I'm not a fan of running but you know that's it's very much a body-based thing I probably mm-hmm. physically could do it well I know I could do it but but my mind's like no <laughs> this is boring I mm-hmm. don't want to do it anything like that you try and do something with the body with the mind not on board it's not going to happen
1: Yeah. And it it was interesting because I used to be an exercise induced asthmatic, like try running. And I would like, feel like I was dying by the time I got to the end of the block. Like Mm -hmm. I did not know how to breathe in my body and running, um, especially for someone who had experienced trauma, like my my sympathetic nervous system was always on fight or flight. And so running just activated that. And so what happens is, is that your parasympathetic nervous system eventually goes, oh, we got to shut this down. And so you go into freeze mode. So my body would literally go into freeze mode of like not being able to breathe. I'm like, okay, I think I just should walk home. Mm-hmm. Um, versus once I got into Pilates, which actually activates the parasympathetic nervous system. So I was conditioning, I was retraining my nervous system. Once I got into doing that, it, the breathing of Pilates alone, I was able to take into like, well, what if I tried running? Mm-hmm. And I started to apply the Pilates breathing to running And now I've run six marathons. So, and I love running. So it's, it, it's a, it's a powerful way. The body and the mind so interact and and connect.
0: Hmm. It's one of those things that, and I've I've said this before that I'm like, right, I'm going to try and like, you know, a mindset challenge with running. And I, you know, when you've got a lot on, I think I have just other ways of exercising that I prefer. And at some point I would like to have done it to be like, yeah, look, I can do it. And maybe at some point in the future, I'll love running, but there are way <laughs> way better times for me personally, uh, you know, for exercising <laughs> and that I enjoy.
1: But- you find what, what works for you. I mean, for me, when, when people ask me about like what type of exercise should I do? I was like, I don't know your body. Yeah. Like what brings you joy? Like what, I don't particularly like lifting weights, like deadlifting. Forty, pin, no, that's not my jam. Like that, that makes me feel miserable. Like it, no, it doesn't make me oh. feel no. I but love, love really, <laughs> that's your jam. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: it's just not mine. But I do, I do lift some weights, but I activate. I do. I use the Pilates methods as I'm doing it, oh. um, and that. That works for me in a way that I'm able to work with it. But like, there are other forms of exercise that, like a HIT class or um, what is it? The CrossFit? Not my jam. Oh, it's yeah, <laughs> <laughs> mine.
0: Um, I, before lockdown, um, five days a week, 6 a.m. CrossFit <laughs> class. Nice. My, well done. Um, and it's, and some of it, like when he made us run around the block, I'm like, oh, what? Uh, or burpees not a fan of those but lifting stuff but again it's 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 something I I enjoy and my body quite likes short intense heavy stuff rather than you know and I and I think I guess that's kind of coming back to that mind body thing it's that self-awareness and kind of tuning into what do I enjoy what does my body like and yes there are benefits of like cross training and, and whatever but yeah really listening to yourself and not Making yourself just go to the gym and do whatever because that's air quotes. That's what an exercise program looks like. It's what works for you.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's exactly it's it's personalized. Like your body is different than my body, and it's it responds differently. And we find joy in different things, and that's what makes humanity beautiful: is our diversity. of Of it's not a one size all fit program. Just like. Mm mindset work. I mean, for some journaling works, for some moments, journaling works for other things. Journaling may not be your jam for other things like 20 minute meditations, I never thought I would do 20 minute medita- minute meditations in my life. Like I was the most antsy person that like sit down for five minutes. Hell no. But now I do 20 minute meditations and I love it. It's just mm but it's, it's a process. It's a process of discovery and of allowing yourself to be curious, to find what it is in your wellness that, that makes you feel good. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't always feel like amazing when I'm doing a Pilates class. Like I know I'm feeling amazing after like, but certain exercises I'm like, Oh, okay. But in the breathing and in that connection to my body and in that connection to my strength, that's what actually feels amazing, the, the relationship. And so you find the relationships that really light you up, the relationships, because we everything in life is a relationship. The businesses that really light you up, the, the people that really light you up, the podcasts you listen to that light you up. Like All of these are choices in the relationships that we're building because our relationships reflect back on who we are and so it's a constant dialogue and communication any relationship our relationship with money or relationship with our business or relationship with our bodies it's a constant communication and it's it's also listening to your body when she's like I don't I don't want to do that like my body says I don't want to do that to CrossFit it <laughs> just is pretty honest about that and I'm like oh, that's okay there are other things I want to do like massive long hikes and you know pilates and yoga and and running and all, all of that my body's all about
0: yeah yeah absolutely so i'd love to uh talk a little bit more about this uh this idea of activating the queen um and how or i guess king or whatever kind of equivalent you kind of see for yourself um how we can activate that and em- embody that in our lives i guess
1: So the first one is taking ownership, like really owning what is it that you want? What is it that you want? Not what other people said you should want, not what other people said you should do or should be doing currently, but what is it that you actually want? That is the the number one question I ask my clients and it is the hardest one to answer because all the answers first come out to what they don't want. They don't want to be in another bad marriage. They don't want to uh, lose their marriage, but they don't want to, you know, they, they want him to make all the changes. I'm like, okay, <laughs> they don't want, they don't want to be stuck in a business that they don't love, but they also don't want to let go of that business. Cause it's providing their income. So how do they fall in love with that again? How do they, how, so owning and some, you know, a lot of times when we are claiming what, what it is that we want, it brings up feelings of shame for being selfish and there's a reason why there's the the cliche and the metaphor of you put the mask on yourself first before you can serve others because that's really the only way and it just became so apparent to me when I became a mother that like I could not serve my family which is especially my son without putting that mask on myself first without living into A business that I really, really love that really lit me up because before that, like after, after I came up with the idea for crown yourself, I spent about a year and a half dabbling in my business, not really making, actually making zero money, but investing a lot into it, into fancy websites and logos and things like that. Mm -hmm. But I didn't, I was so scared. I was so scared to go through what I went through with my first e-commerce company. And, and I, I was playing small. And it was in that moment when I found out I was pregnant, I was like, I have to change. I did not like the mindset that I was living in of one of complaining and one of blaming. Mm -hmm. And that really is the, the line in the sand of the queen is a queen. is not looking at life as it happening to her. She's in, in a place of co-creation with, with, God, the universe, source, whatever you believe keeps our planets from spinning out into the ether, that, that life force within us all, that she's in a space of co-creation where there is no, where blame doesn't exist, where it's, okay, how is this happening for me? Instead of how is this happening to me? And if it's happening and I don't like it. How can I be okay with the emotions that are coming up with it? Also, owning that, owning your humanity, owning the way that you you feel, because um, sometimes you know things happen that we don't like, like lockdowns or mm-hmm. <laughs> like like you know, like COVID and like a certain election results, or you know that sometimes things happen, and that's okay and being able to own the feelings that we have. And I see this so often with people who are very much into personal development, that they're scared of the negative emotions. And I used to have that too, because especially when I was first studying personal development and manifestation and and how our minds are actually just so freaking powerful to to co-create this world that we're living in and our personal world that we're living in, I got very scared of ever experiencing fear well, the problem is, is with getting scared of experiencing fear, you're experiencing fear mm-hmm. <laughs> of, of fear itself. And so instead allowing yourself to, and so for uh, a year um, after I'd started my business, like I was still playing pretty small. I mean, granted, I also had a child, but like <laughs> that, that experience was, was uh, so awareness inducing that, that I still wasn't giving myself permission to feel those uglier emotions as I would label them, those negative feelings. Cause I was like, no, I'm positive. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm the, you know, personal development person. I, people come to me for mindset work. How could I not be, how could I be feeling anger or sadness or guilt or shame no, you, you feel all the feelings, but a feeling is supposed to, scientifically measured, last in your body for about 90 seconds. So when you feel that feeling, how can you feel it fully? How can you be in it? put yourself in a safe space to fully feel it, to fully allow for the emotions to come? Because a feeling is really like a package. It's like you get this package and it's delivered in the box labeled whatever feeling it is, anger, sadness, fear, guilt, shame. And inside the package is a knowing. It's a it's a knowledge that you can get, The only you can get by opening the package. So, so often uh, leaders I see, they don't want to sign for it. So they end up having this like backlog of subconscious packages that they, they've shoved into the corner of some FedEx box office that eventually they have to go and clean out. And that's what like burnout and overwhelm do is when you suddenly are faced with like, holy crap, I didn't realize I had so much stuff that I needed to unpack versus where if you're in the moment and you're signing for the feeling and you're saying, okay, I'm feeling this right now. Let's just fully feel this and then feel into that felt sense and let the body, by feeling, it's you're allowing your body to actually process it. And when you feel into that felt sense of what it feels like in your body, what your body is trying to show you, because your mind will, forget things your subconscious does that out of grace and kindness especially the things that are very emotionally atten- intense that you may not want to remember. but your body always remembers and that allowance of your body to process the emotion of your body to fully feel it to fully let it like wash over you like an ocean wave and then the beauty is is that it washes back off just like an ocean wave. Mm-hmm. it doesn't stay. And so allowing for that space to, to feel and acknowledge, and it leaves you with this beautiful knowing of a realization about yourself or a deeper understanding of something or a a breakthrough in some way. And that, that really is a tenant of, of being able to lead from that place of, of knowing and guidance rather than like what everyone says you should do or should be, Mm -hmm. are supposed to be doing or supposed to be feeling.
0: Hmm. yeah amazing and I guess if you can tune into that that inner knowing if you like then I think a lot of our concerns and our fears are about that external perception or if we're not we don't have that trust in what we're doing but if it's coming from inside and we're kind of trusting our intuition then that's already built in we're sort of checking in with ourselves and trusting ourselves and so hopefully there's less of that doubt and yeah. fear yeah
1: and it's, it's it is absolutely
0: yeah so um yeah so (laughs) there might be a little bit of a continuity issue because we've just been talking about trust and my trust in my laptop was misplaced today because it (laughs) kicked me out uh so (laughs) back online thank you Kimberly for your patience (laughs) and uh yes I'm sure we were saying amazing profound stuff um about the need to trust yourself and trust. (laughs) your equipment, and all of that. trust in your instruments, trust in yourself. And also
1: the, the balance and dance with trust is that there is a, a, a portion of that needs to be surrendered. And so I've bungee jumped and I can tell you what trust is, feels like in your body <laughs> is it feels like, you know, that there is a cord around your ankles that is going to bounce you back. You've seen it possibly with other people who have jumped using the same cord. But when it comes to it being your turn to jump, <laughs> and you have that cord around your ankles and you're like, holy crap, there's all the emotions that come up, all the fear and all the completely logical reasons as to why you wouldn't jump off a perfectly good platform with something tied to your ankles, hoping that you're going to be like, okay. But then you jump. And when you do, that's the moment of complete surrender and trust that that cord is going to catch you and going to bounce you back. And as I was plummeting to the ground very fast, watching <laughs> the pavement get very close to my face, um, or at least what I thought was very close to my face. You watch, my friends filmed a video of me doing it. They were like, oh yeah, you weren't, you weren't close at all. But for me, my mind suddenly went into complete tunnel vision of that pavement is like, I thought it was like three inches from my face. It was not, it was at least 10 feet from, from me, um, that you're going to be okay. And that as soon as that cord snaps you up and you realize that there's there, there's now the evidence that you have that trust, that the trust worked, then it's, that's the moment of complete freedom. Mm -hmm. That's it's, it's a moment of flying. And I see that so often with entrepreneurs, with, with business owners and with, with people it's, it's, it takes that trust in, in a relationship to be able to say your truth. Mm -hmm. It, and, and, you know, as soon, like this was a, the big, not test, but the big experience that I had with my husband, because he was my, as I call it, my experiment in honesty. Because prior to that, I'd been very good with hiding parts of myself and who I was. I would hide the silly side or the weird side or the ambitious side, because I didn't think that those sides would be lovable to the person that I was with, um, whomever it was. And that so with my husband, I literally manifested him within two hours after praying to just live a more authentic life and to travel. I said, Mm -hmm. that's, that's all I want. And then suddenly this guy saunters up to me (laughs) and I meet him and I'm like, okay, here's my, I'm curious. This is interesting. So I said, let's, let's look at, let me actually try being completely 100% honest, stating my honest opinion, not holding back, not saying anything not holding back for fear of judgment and just fully, you know, letting it, letting it rip. And he loved it. And so, but saying certain things like, cause he's 19 years older than I am. So saying, you know, you got to have kids if you want to be with me, that, that was super honest, super honest and super explicit and super that, mo- and that it was that moment of jumping off the ledge and trusting that if this man is meant to be my forever husband, then, the cord's going to catch and he's going to say yeah of course I want kids Mm. and if it's not then that's okay too because the cord's going to catch and I'm going to find another amazing relationship Mm. and it ended up the cord catch the first time and he he (laughs) said of course with you I could see having kids and now we have one beautiful son and it's yeah
0: yeah yeah I love that idea of the the cord um catching but I am gonna absolutely take your word for it with um because I'm pretty much like a hard no on that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <for myself. laughs> so i'm just going to take your word but i love the analogy uh awesome i mean we i could keep talking to you about all this kind of stuff all night um but i wonder if you have a kind of final thought around taking ownership of your life or you know embodying the queen or anything like that before we move on to the set questions i ask everyone do you have
1: any questions that you have for me regarding your own journey
0: Who? I guess I, I guess the thing that I yeah I just have in my mind at the moment is about you know knowing that I have to try and gain some clarity on my purpose, but kind of how you do that. <laughs> it sounds like oh yeah, I just got to be clear on on my purpose, but it sounds simple. You know how do you actually do that?
1: Mm-hmm. So really, what did you, what lit you up when you were about four, five, six years old? What did you want to be? Who were you when you're about that age?
0: Weird. Um, <laughs> I do not hmm, I'm not sure when I was that young. What I wanted to, to be. I know when I was in secondary school, I wanted to be a human rights lawyer. Um, I probably wanted to be a, a teacher. Um, and kind of help people. It's always been about wanting to kind of help people. And um,
1: yeah, yeah. That kind of thing. So it sounds mm. it sounds to me that you're already on living on purpose. It's just, you may be a few d- degrees off of the course. So it's all about how do you make those course corrections throughout the day, mm-hmm. throughout your time. And really, um, if I was coaching you, I would ask like, what is your zone of genius? The thing that you do the best, the thing that when you're doing that, you feel like you could, you have more energy
0: after you've done
1: it for hours than you did when you first started
0: Mm, probably um probably working with young people is that and particularly around mental health and young people on the autistic spectrum that's kind of my background and that's something I could honestly talk about all day mental health and you know I like working with parents but mostly (laughs) working with with children and um yeah
1: I have found in four years of working with leaders that the more time someone spends in their zone of genius, the more income that they make. Mm -hmm. And when you can hone in on what that, that, genius zone is and if it's young people for me it's creating connecting and challenging Mm -hmm. so when i'm connecting the dots of a pattern uh, and i see that in a coaching session of like oh this person's doing this and then oh they used to repeat this behavior and then this is how they did this that that and then i challenge their behavior that like i can come out of five hours of coaching different clients and like i will be lit on fire of like Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And it just, it just excites my soul. It's like, oh my gosh, this is what like I love doing mm. um, and connecting and creating. And so th- those parts are my genius. And so genius zone, sometimes I think a lot of times people think of like niching down as far up as you can. I actually think of niche of, of broadening out to what mm. is that theme? What is that topic? And I mean, for you, you said children.
0: Mm.
1: And, if that's, if and that's, if that's a thing that really lights you up.
0: Yeah. I think particularly it's, um, it's really helping them to, I always say like kind of understand themselves and their place in the world and that support and um, yeah, to kind of, yeah, to kind of grow into who they're kind of supposed to be. Um, or something like that, I don't know. <laughs> um, but I guess that's, I, I've done that more with children and particularly children who, yeah, are really anxious or depressed or kind of feel that there's some kind of difference and they find it maybe more difficult to, with that trying to fit in and actually, no, I want to try and find myself rather than. And so I guess that sort of thing, there are a lot of adults who kind of want to figure that out as well. So actually, yes I like working with young people but actually what I like to do is to help people with that that thing that yeah fine. that thing finding that finding that that thing
1: that instead of fitting yeah. in how they can yeah, really that, yeah. stand out and separate themselves and that actually makes them unique and special
0: yeah there we go thank you solved <laughs>
1: you're very welcome you're very welcome and see that can be translated to children that can be translated yeah. to adults like for me my my whole thing is transform like my th- through line of all of my businesses has been transforming people's yeah. stories transforming people's stories about their bodies about what's possible for their business about what's possible for their life and and really and that's what I've done since I was five years old putting on backyard productions of transformational stories of princesses who had to transform and go through some challenges and then rise into being the queen that they wanted to be and it's it's that it's that love that I have for the store the transforming of people's mm-hmm. stories of what is possible um, and taking off those blinders of shoulds and mm-hmm. supposed to's and and oh you have this diagnosis or you have this um, label that this is now who you have to be and that's what, what if yeah. that's not, what, what if, what if you could actually be more?
0: Yeah. Awesome. And, and for anyone listening, you know, these, these questions that can please ask me the ones that you can think about for yourself as well. So everyone's got like a little micro coaching session. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you so much for that.
1: You're very welcome. <laughs> uh,
0: so yeah, I would love to, um, yeah, to hear your thoughts on my set questions that I ask everybody. Let's you do know. it. Awesome. So the first one is what brings you joy in your life?
1: Joy is generated. So I bring my own joy and it comes from that deep place of doing things Mm -hmm. that I love, that I feel connected to. So like taking walks with my son, joy, like being, being able to have a really Mm -hmm. deep intimate conversation with my husband, joy, like joy is, is generated, but it wouldn't be if I didn't choose it. And so joy is a, is a choice to generate more of it. And it's something, one of the things that I love watching is my, my son, he's three. He run walks in this most joyful way where he's just kind of experiencing his body (laughs) and he's just kind of like playing. And I'm just thinking like, oh my gosh, if, what if adults actually allowed themselves to experience that much joy in just walking down the street of like, it's, there's flowers and scents and, oh, I can move my body like this. And I can, and like, if we, if we experienced that much joy, we would be labeled a crazy person. And somebody would ask, what are you on? What? And I'm like, what if you're just on joy? Like, what if you're just really on joy and generating complete joy? I mean, I think as a, as a culture, as a world, we've settled for this like mediocre gray standard of okay and fine and good. Good enough and not bad, as they say in Australia, versus like real joy of like, whoa, look at this! Like how blessed we are to be alive today. How blessed we are to have the sun coming through of, uh, the window. of, Even though it's like blinding my eyes right currently, <laughs> like just how beautiful the smells are, and just really allowing ourselves to be enraptured by life instead. And and, and it is an allowance. It is giving yourself the permission to to allow yourself to be enraptured mm. by life instead of affected and at the effect of all the things that sometimes we can have going on in our mind um, or all the external circumstances that we could easily mm. blame for us not having joy, like joy is a choice. And so it's a choice that I do sometimes have to make daily because I have struggled with depression and I have struggled with anxiety. Um, but it is a choice. Sometimes it's a momentary choice and When it's a choice, you have the power to generate it.
0: Hmm. Awesome, thank you for that. And then my next question is, what makes life meaningful for you? Transforming
1: people's stories. (laughs) (laughs) Transforming (laughs) people's stories, and I like my favorite thing is when people finally see their own possibility, and when people see their own potential, and of what what is just absolutely possible. Like my client joked with me a year ago. that if I could help him get his childhood dream of getting his plane, then I would be, you know, worth the thousands of dollars he spent on coaching. And I said, "Okay, <laughs> challenge accepted." Like I love a good challenge. That that also is quite meaningful for me. I, I I'm a natural challenge lover, um, <laughs> at an appropriate level. Uh, but he I said, "Okay, challenge accepted." In Twelve months, he bought his plane. And it, and, and the same, but that also is the same joy that I feel in transforming someone's story about connecting with their children. Like I had one, uh, one of my clients, she was estranged from her, her daughter for years, hadn't spoken to her. And suddenly she changed herself. And thus by her changing and her life changing, her daughter kind of came back into her life. And that's that's a trend, and that was something she didn't even see on her radar as being possible. And so that's and mm-hmm. when people can see how much possibility there is, like that's that's why I, I I like what brings my life meaning is to find those places and to encourage faith and vision and innovation and creation and following your curiosity because I don't see this time like well yes this year has been challenging like there have been challenges that we have risen to i mean living in a different country and now not having a babysitter and us doing it on on our own and me you know growing my business at the same time and so it, there have been challenges at the same time it's like i look at what this point is in the world and i see faith and and vision and possibility of of i one of my mentors, Peter Diamandis, he said that entrepreneurs in the next decade will make more money in this decade than in human history, and because of the innovations that are coming to to battle COVID, to battle the to change the way health is, to change our mental our mental health, to change our long, longevity, to change our how we operate in the world. Like some of the greatest technological advancements are happening right now. But if you're so trapped in fear, you're not going to see them. And so it really is about turning your direction toward faith, toward vision, toward what is it that you want and what is that path that you want to pave for yourself and then going from there.
0: Yeah, awesome. Thank you for that. Um and so then my next two questions are kind of overarching topic on the show is mental well-being mental wellness so I have two questions around this. And so the first is what does mental wellness mean to you?
1: It's definitely check, regular check-ins with yourself and if that's a moment to moment check-in, if that's a day to day check-in but it's 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 a regular self-awareness check-in of where am I? What am I feeling? How am I processing? Like just the other day, I was having some anxiety. I was feeling highly, highly triggered by certain events that are happening in my country. Um, the election, <laughs> I don't think I have to hide that. Um, like just, and, and it wasn't the the politics of the people, what, uh, or who was, um, who was running. It, it was how people's behavior was responding. And I, I, I warned my husband. I said, I just want to let you know, I'm feeling heightened anxiety right now. And I had to be self-aware enough, especially as a mom, to be able to highlight that. And then I said, I'm feeling like an overwhelming amount of emotion right now. And I felt like I just needed to like shake and just move and like get it out of my body. And then I felt like I had to walk to the beach and sit on the beach and cry and let the let the emotion just pass through me. And it was from there that I was given the gift of I saw the behavior that I was seeing in my, my country was uh, very much like the behavior that I grew up with in uh, my childhood of, if you see something and you say something and you're like, I think this is wrong or I think this like this behavior is, is happening. And then somebody says, oh no, it's not. And I'm like, that's, that's, that denial of my truth struck me at my core, but it, I wouldn't have had that breakthrough. I wouldn't have had that realization. Had I not been constantly checking in with myself throughout the day, had I not been constantly um, grounded in myself and in my body, instead of trying to escape from it, instead of trying to pretend like, oh, no, 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 I don't feel this way. No, I, I felt that way. I felt anxious. I felt sad. I felt, I felt many things and so allowing myself to to give the hold the space to process that and that that is mental mental wellness for me it's it's knowing what your body needs in the moment and asking it and being in that dialogue and being in that relationship with your body to be able to have that that awareness of of what it is that it's trying to communicate to you
0: mm. Awesome, and I think you've answered the second part as well. In that, cause the oh yeah, part, the- yeah. The second part is what you do for yourself to look after your mental well-being. So <laughs> the checking in regularly, I guess.
1: <laughs> the regular check-ins, um, many other things I do. Um, I make sure I do cardio pretty much every day. Like that is that is my jam. Um, strength training because when your body registers to your mind that you're strong, um, it sends that signal that you're strong. So, I mean, your, your body is constantly sending just as many signals. Um, your gut actually sends more signals to your brain than your brain does to your gut. And so I make sure that my health is really on point with what I eat in my diet. I don't have gluten. I rarely ever do dairy. I don't really do a lot of sugar. Um, I don't do a lot of alcohol. Um, it's because I know that the gut to brain connection is so, so, so important to be maintained in optimal health. Um, and I, do, I, I stumbled upon, no, not everyone has to go gluten-free and dairy-free, um, but for my blood type, um, after reading Peter Diamo's Eat Right for Your Blood Type, I, and kind of stumbling onto it by experimentation, my blood type needs red meat, And so i really listen to my body as to what she needs to eat what she needs to um and not what she needs to eat in an emotional state because i used to be a very big emotional eater of obviously bulimia um but but really being able to tune in like when i know when i you can feel the feelings of anxiety from emotional eating there is it's kind of like this rush it's kind of like this immediacy in that state, I'm not checking in and like, oh, my body is immediately saying that I need to go have chips and chocolate. No, 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 no. <laughs> my, I'm like, okay, what is my body really needing? What am I actually trying to avoid with going to food? Then, then actually feeling, then actually allowing myself to recognize within myself. Um, versus when I'm feeling grounded, when I'm feeling solid in myself, then I'm like, okay, kale and eggs sound good. Okay. I need some beef right now. I need some, mm-hmm. I need some meat I need some chicken. Um, but really allowing for that, that tune in and communication process with the food that I eat and put into my body. And I'm pretty darn clear on like what I don't put into my body. Um, and that's gluten and a lot of dairy and sugar. So that, and that's, that, that communication is, is vital for me. So eating well and drinking water as well. Yeah. I drink about four to six liters of water a day. Wow.
0: Um, what blood type are you? If you don't mind me asking, I don't know if that's. I'm an O blood type. An O. Ooh.
1: Yeah, so O blood types do very well with uh, red meats, with because um, I was a vegan for six years. That was part of the way that I helped heal myself from bulimia. Was I became very staunchly about veganism, um, but the only thing I craved for six years was a steak. <laughs> <laughs> and eventually I had to lean in and say, okay, this is my body actually telling me what she wants to eat mm. instead of me imposing the shoulds of what I should be eating onto it. So I listened and I cut out gluten before I did. Um, Cause that was recommended to me by a, a client of mine actually, mm. who had done the same. And from cutting out gluten, I, I eliminated a ton of brain fog. And then from adding back in red meat, I had for the first time in six years energy, like true, real energy. Um, but Dr. Peter Diamos eat right for your blood type. It's a, it's a pretty heady book, but so you don't have to read through it all. But if you know what your blood type is, so many people don't know what their blood yeah. type is. One of my clients, she was like, she was a B blood type B blood types tend to not do well with chicken. And for years though, cause she had gone through a similar struggle of bulimia where she had wanted to, um, eat healthy. As everyone says, you know, chicken is healthier than beef. So many people say that in all the magazines. And so she would eat this healthy food of like chicken salads and stuff. And she would feel miserable after. And I said, well, what if you just cut out chicken? (laughs) And I I suggested, I said, look at eat right for your blood type, get your blood type tested. And when you find that out, let me know. And she she tested it and she felt so much better just cutting out chicken wraps. And she would instead swap them for like fish wraps or beef wraps or something different. But she cut out chicken and she felt so much more energy.
0: Mm, I'm definitely gonna check out. I know my blood type because I donate blood. So it tells you on the thing. I'm an A plus. Uh. A plus. <laughs>
1: Awesome.
0: I said that to someone before I worked, and they're like, "Of course, you're an A plus." There you go. <laughs> but yeah, I'm definitely. Of
1: course, you're an A plus. Yeah, so
0: many A plus. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna check, uh, check that out and see what I should be eating. Um, yeah, awesome. Uh, so then my next question, and we've talked about mindset a lot, and I always, mm-hmm. um, I always challenge guests that come on to try and describe their own mindset.
1: <sighs> Challenging,
0: <laughs>
1: empathetic. Mm -hmm. possibility seeker possibility seer Mm -hmm. I see possibility in other people and potential in other people like routinely I've had asked over four years like at the end of a coaching coaching a client um like did you think that this was possible for my life from the start and I said yeah like I I see it I see it before somebody else can see it in themselves um warrior for sure yeah warrior and like I would say joyful warrior and unsinkable optimist like I am one of those weird people who can find a silver lining in everything in absolutely everything I was able to help uh, a mm-hmm. young man at uh, high performance uh, experience with Brandon Burchard through having a breakthrough and a realization of his, his past trauma, where he admitted it to a com- group of complete strangers, because I looked at him a certain way, because I just knew, I just knew that he had experienced some, some childhood stuff. Um, cause there's a look, there's a look that you can kind of see, especially if you've had some, some serious stuff go down. Um, and I, and I saw it and I knew he was going to try to bullshit it. And I looked at him and he finally came out with like the truth. It was the first time in, in, 35 years that he had said that who he really was and what had happened um and it's in that moment that he had the most powerful release and i i literally i got off that uh, after working him with him through that experience in a coaching modality not in a therapy modality but in because i'm not a therapist but in a coaching modality of looking forward of looking at what po- what's possible now of being able to uh, coach him into to a space of of possibility and actually freedom from now that he wasn't holding this, this traumatic event inside of him. I was able to actually like leave and call my dad and like thank him for the experiences growing up and let him know like what happened when I was a child. Like it has allowed me to get to to serve in such a powerful way. That I would never have had, and so I said, "I have to thank you. Like I can't blame you for this because I I have to thank you because now it's it's ter- been turned into a gift, and that that is that is me finding the silver lining in pretty much everything.
0: Yeah, fab." Um, so then the next question is my absolute favorite one to ask, because uh, I'm partly nosy and like getting top tips. Um, and so, so I ask everyone that comes on to leave us with their top one to three tips of things that they'd recommend that we try in our lives. And I know we've already given so much great advice in this episode, um, but do you have a top one to three things you'd recommend for us?
1: Pilates. <laughs> Pilates would big one. Why Pilates? Pilates, yoga, Qigong. Uh, Tai Chi, all of these forms of exercise, they activate your parasympathetic nervous system, which especially in times of uh, whether you've experienced trauma with like a big T or trauma with a little T, um, the parasympathetic nervous system is normally one that is kind of ignored or like, especially if you, you tend to, have more heightened anxiety or or whatnot. So Pilates is a great way. Pilates, yoga, Qigong, some form of exercise that activates your parasympathetic nervous system is super, super, super powerful. Number two um, is definitely watching your language. Watch what you're saying to yourself. Watch how you're communicating with yourself. Watch what you're saying to others because your subconscious mind is always listening. So watch what you're saying about others. Like That's why I don't speak ill of politicians because my subconscious mind I know is listening and it's taking it personally. Um, So that be aware of what you're saying about other people and about yourself, because that self-talk is so critical because your language is just, it's, it's so powerful. And then ask, check your questions. What kind of questions are you asking yourself? So language is powerful. Yes. Questions are super powerful because questions will direct your subconscious mind. So if you're asking yourself a question that's like, why is this happening to me? Which many people ask. I used to ask that question all the time, like, or my, my big one that I used to ask all the time was why not me? Why not me? Well, in some cases that could be a power. like, well, why not me? Of course I'm going to, you know, go do it. But then if you get it into the other, if you swing the pendulum the other way, it's well, why not me? And it gets into a poor me sort of victim mindset um, of like, oh, and you'll, you believe me, you ask a question like that to your subconscious and it will give you all the reasons, but that's not necessarily the things that will move you forward. So instead look at the what and how questions that you're asking instead of like one of my favorite questions to ask is how is this the best thing that ever happened to you? So when most people want to ask, why, why is this happening to me? I'm like, how is this the best thing happening that could have ever happened to you? That look just think of how that changes the trajectory of your thinking of it's suddenly you're focusing on how could, how could this experience as awful, as horrible, as, as challenging, as, as struggle-inducing, as overwhelming as it may be, how could it be the best thing that ever happened to you? Like that is a, that is a question that will direct you or your focus into what is possible for, for this thing that you're going through. So look at the questions and ask yourself more what and how questions instead of why. And you'll get a lot more strategy forward.
0: Yeah, I was just thinking, oh, how could my laptop crashing be the best thing that's ever happened to me? Don't know. (laughs) But it's not the worst. So, uh, <laughs> yeah,
1: and, and you know, maybe it means you get a new laptop. Maybe it means you upgrade your systems. Maybe it means, you know, maybe it means you get to like download some software that cleans off some of this extra stuff that's taking up RAM space. I mean, that's what I have to do with mine. Um, and, and
0: maybe it means I get to have a nice conversation with a very helpful person at Zoom again.
1: <laughs> yeah. And maybe that turns out that that person is just needed to hear you on that day. And if, if you had maybe. not had your laptop <laughs> crash, that you would not have been able to serve and unlock that person's possibility that you do so well that is your genius zone because you just happen <laughs> to have an extra long conversation because you're just dealing with tech support maybe <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. you see how <laughs> but, I can literally find a silver lining yeah. in anything
0: <laughs> and it's, it's very much being open to all the possibilities isn't it and being curious about what comes up um yeah which which I think is amazing And then my final question is where people can find you online if they want to connect with you, if they're interested in working with you. We haven't talked about your book, but you're also a bestselling author where they can find all that. Just where are you?
1: So you can find me at crownyourself.com. That is the hub of everything. So if you want to work with me, go to crownyourself.com forward slash private dash coaching. If you're looking to have a session that will really unlock the clarity, your next level of energy, productivity, courage, influence. And if you're a business owner, I I will teach you the formula to increase your, uh, your sales up to 150% in the next 12 months, which I think business owners is like, uh, I'm just championing entrepreneurs right now in in growing their businesses during this time Um, because we are the backbone of this world's economy. And so- it is our job to, to support one another in that way. And and I love doing that. I love helping my entrepreneurs make more money so that they can make more of that good hearted impact. Um, And so if you, if you are interested also in combining that mind and body connection, you can on cry You can also look at mindful monarchs where we combine Pilates along with um, other forms of exercise and, uh, with high performance, so that you really get into the physiology of high performance and training that parasympathetic nervous system to be less reactive and instead be, work for you and with you and with your sympathetic nervous system. So, we, we're working on both. So, jump in, go to crownyourself.com. That's where you can find all the things.
0: Perfect. Thank you so much. And we will absolutely link in the show notes. So people can find you nice and easily from there. Oh, Kimberly, I've had so much fun, even with a little, little challenges. But um and um yeah, and we also had a little chat before and during what we were trying to figure out. But um yeah, I've I've loved speaking with you. I probably could have kept talking to you uh, all night. Um it might have just been us. People might have tuned out by then. But thanks for joining us and sharing your wisdom with us. Of
1: course. Thank you so much for having me, Hannah. It has been a pleasure.
0: You're welcome. Thanks again to Kimberly. and there's a few things I want to comment on from this episode. The first is it was quite funny listening back to our talk about running (laughs) and the exercise because we recorded this last year and as you may know if you've listened to recent episodes I did couch to 5k. I completed it, I was running consistently, I've kind of lost it for the last couple of weeks Um, but I am going to get back out running. And actually got to a point where I was enjoying it or at least not hating it um so it was just funny to listen back to being that running's not for me um and actually when I changed my mindset and how I viewed it to actually then be able to achieve it and actually I think there is something about having that goal it was a clear goal to complete the couch to 5k and I did it and then sort of struggled (laughs) after that but that was something that was funny the other thing was the eat right for your blood type and I did have a look at my blood type and I have not tried it because the <laughs> the way it's suggested doesn't feel whether it's just it's uh, not the way I like to eat maybe it would be better but I decided that uh, no <laughs> I wasn't gonna try it so that's my update on that and I guess the the last thing was it was it was so interesting I I We recorded this last year and it was in sort of the midst of a period of recording interviews and so it's always lovely to listen back to episodes uh, when I'm editing them because often I've I've kind of forgotten that the kind of the details of what we've talked about but when we were talking about the kind of zones of genius and, and the things that's kind of what I've been getting more into this year. Um, and so it's really nice to hear back and go okay yeah it's it's um it still feels right and it's uh, that i'm making progress um so that's amazing and and i guess my final thought is if when you were listening to that that kind of my zone of genius and and the kind of support that i like to offer to people and if you were thinking that sounds like me that's, <laughs> that's something that i'm experiencing or that i need support with then please do Get in touch I do have some spaces for new clients and I would love to support you with all of that so you can find out more about working with me at our website which is www.psychepsikh.co.uk Um, so you can contact us via there and there's also information about the kinds of coaching that I do and also I'd love to hear from you just generally if you've if you love the show if you're a regular listener if you're a new listener, what your kind of key takeaway is from this conversation. I'm always super curious to hear what you take from the show. Uh, So please get in touch on social media. We're at at Psyche Coaching, P-S-Y-K-H-E, coaching or one word on Facebook and Instagram or where we hang out most. So please connect with us on there. that will be amazing. And if you have enjoyed the show, if you continue to enjoy the show, please do rate and review uh, it really means a lot and it helps us to reach more people. That's everything. Uh, hopefully it kept this quite short and sweet. I will try and keep a handle on that, particularly when we've got a really long, amazing interview like we've had today. Uh, so again, massive, massive thank you to Kimberly for joining us. I uh, hope that you are that you're doing okay. That wherever you are in the world, however things are, however you're feeling about things opening up if they are opening up more where you are that you're doing okay that you are showing some kindness to yourself and really honoring kind of how you're feeling at the moment because there's so much happening there are so many emotions and just accepting kind of wherever you are is wherever you are and it might not be how we want it to be um but Having a bit of grace towards ourselves. Um, so that's my final thought. Uh, as always, please do take care of yourself, be kind to yourself, and we'll be back on Monday with another episode. Bye for now.